what Black History Month means to them. At United Way, we celebrate the voices and experiences of those in the Black community all year long. In the past year, the voices of local leaders have been amplified. In this episode, we'll be talking with Franklin Baker, President and CEO of United Way of Central Maryland. Franklin, as a United Way employee, I've heard you talk about how your upbringing coming of age as a young Black male in Southern California shaped you to be a leader. Can you share with our audience some of your most impactful memories growing up and how they influenced your career path? I actually remember, and not a lot I remember during that time, but I actually remember my mom's brother. He used to pick me and my brothers up. It was uh, four of us, four boys, and we would spend several hours on the weekend mowing yards and cutting shrubs and all sorts of work throughout our community, right? And starting at age seven, you might have a similar experience, Wayne, but at age seven, I used to actually wash dishes, clean and vacuum our living and dining room floors, um, lots of stuff around the house at early ages. So this type of work ethic, I think, really sort of instilled in me the principle of it really, really is important to work hard, right? And so as a professional today, years later, I really embrace hard work, um, and I, not, I don't shy away from tedious tasks. No matter the tasks, I really dive in, get it done, even when I really don't feel good about doing that task. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I know thinking back, you mentioned just your life as a child and being one of four, five boys. I know when I was a child, I know there were several things that really inspired me. And I remember um, being you know, really influenced by folks that looked like me and who were sort of fighting for racial justice and taking a stand. I'm wondering about when you were younger, really what inspired you? What really inspired me as a youngster was uh, the positive role model of my dad. Such a hero, uh, the biggest hero in my life. Um, He was a hardworking truck driver. um, And he was also a part-time minister at a small church. And so he cared so deeply uh, about people. Um, Anyone who knows me, you can see that oozing out of my pores. I'm a person who cares deeply about people. And my dad really wanted the people around him to have what they needed, right? Um, he would take some some of the funds, actually, that was given to him by his parishioners at his church. And I recall many instances, right, where he would selflessly support his parishioners 
who were in need, right? Can't pay my water bill, you know, having trouble with my car note. He would give some of the money that was given to him by his parishioners for his own use and family use and give to those in need. This happened often. And the same passion for people um, and their well-being is what really, really drives me today, right? And so when I think about United Way, our, our aspirational vision that we have here really, really resonates with me. Just sort of thinking about happy, thriving communities where all people live their best lives, right? And they live their best lives on their own terms. That's so motivating and so much of a reflection of who I am, who I've become, and what I learned from my dad, the biggest hero of my life. You mentioned your dad and the fact that he was a minister, and I know you are a very spiritually grounded person. And so I'm wondering about how that impacts your ability to lead and, and how that keeps the your spiritual grounding uh, keeps you motivated. Yeah, you sort of answered it in your question. Um, what really keeps me centered and grounded is that spiritual compass, right? Knowing that, yes, the purpose as it relates to my work um, is driven around how do we help people? How do we maximize impact? How do we really try to focus in like a laser on where the gaps are and fill in those needs? But to add the spiritual lens to that, it is knowing that this is all part and parcel of what our ultimate purposes in this life is to really live a life that transcends, you know, what we see in the day-to-day -day world. It's a calming influence on me. Um, it helps propel me forward every single day when I'm dealing with insurmountable challenges, as it were. Um, but it is a centering agent that's so, so important. It's really clear that you care a great deal about our community and the people who live here. And your passion uh, is definitely inspiring to me. And I know the rest of the staff here as well. What does this energy and passion bring to the people of greater Baltimore that we serve? I really hope that uh, people see a leader in me who's genuinely working hard, working smart, um, generally though with the aim of supporting them, um, not for any selfish ambition or, 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 or goals in mind, but more really around, at the end of the day, it's about how do we actually care deeply about the people who are in need, who need, uh, support and wraparound um, guidance. So in every sort of you know, interview or presentation, I really want people to hear in my tone, actually hear in my tone of voice and also my posture, that this work is not nearly about a paycheck to me. Um, it's really a quintessential part of my personal mission statement, right? Um, it's, it's really deeply embedded in my life's purpose. And so that started as a child, um, continued going through school, and also in my work life. And it's there today. It, it's what really drives me to make a difference is wanting people to feel like you have an advocate, a champion, a voice that really is about how do we inspire people to be their best? How do we inspire people to go to that next level in their professional development, right? Um, or to just do more to, to support their family, right? To support their local communities. And so I'm just hopeful that my example can can do just that for for several people you've talked at length about education that it's the key to unlocking potential and leading a productive meaningful life think back on your own journey as a graduate of howard university howard is an amazing institution with such a proud history its graduates include thurgood marshall the first black supreme court justice and vice president kamala harris 
such accomplished alumni. So why did you choose Howard? And why do you think historically black colleges and universities like Howard are so necessary and vital? First, I'll start off with you by saying, go Bison. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I had, you may not know this, but I had multiple offers to other um, really good schools, right? Such as Princeton and UCLA and, and, and some others. And I was very fortunate to graduate um, near the very top of my class, right? And so um, I worked hard in high school and, and really was successful in, in that arena. But I chose Howard in part because as I was finishing up high school, my aunt, my, my mother's youngest sister, right? Um, she was finishing up Howard's law school at the time. And so um, it, she, she really worked hard to sell me. She did a great job on the awesome experience of being around so many people that looked like me who wanted the same things in life, right? To get a great education, to start a family at some point, to contribute back to society and just make a difference. And so I also was impressed by the caliber of Black people that matriculated through its hallowed doors over the years, right? Um, you men mentioned a few of them. There's so many others. Um, so, you know, I really believe that HBCUs play a very vital role in ensuring that all students um, achieve a really solid education. Um, Without the more than 101 HBCUs in the country, I really believe we'd be in a far more difficult position uh, as it relates to the gaps that exist in our society, right? For me, I just really believe were it not for um, the vision of many of our ancestors to begin to start HBCUs in different parts of the country, um, we would be at a different place, I really believe, as it relates to uh, closing some of those education and learning gaps um, because more and more people of color have an opportunity, right, to go through an HBCU, get a good quality education, and then make a difference. I think the nonprofit world attracts a certain type of person, someone who wants to help others and who wants to make a difference in this world. So what attracted you to this field and who guided you on your path? What attracted me to the nonprofit space is my deep commitment uh, to helping people, my interest in helping people um, to really reach their full potential. As I, as I said earlier, I mean, that's what really drives me is, is how do you get to a place where your key focus is doing whatever you can to help people succeed in their life, right? Uh, and be their best self and, and live their best life. So I really am motivated when I see uh, someone in the community who's able to leverage some generous amount of support or wraparound service that's been given to them to actually make themselves and those around them even better, right? So that's what motivates me. And so it satisfies part of this need um, in my life to, to know that your life actually does matter, right? Um, at the end of the day, when you lay your head down on the pillow, you want to know that you've made a significant contribution uh, in the life of so many others. In reflecting on your professional journey, and the representation of African-Americans at the top levels of organizations. We know that while Black Americans comprise 13% of the U.S. population, they represent only 1% of Fortune 500 CEOs. United Way has a long history here in Greater Baltimore, almost 100 years. And you're only the second Black president and CEO. Tell me what that means to you and what does it mean to aspiring leaders? such a 
very, very um, intriguing question. I've thought long and deep and hard about that question. I, I really do feel Wayne a sense of pride, right? For sure, and that's certainly there. Um, but I also a sense of responsibility. Um, uh, this this overwhelming sense of accountability, given the diverse makeup of those who we serve in our region. In, in, in Baltimore specifically, uh, the sheer number of people that look like me who are doing marvelous things and some are struggling. Um, so this sense of, of accountability and responsibility, right? Uh, to step up and to do my very best. And so I really want my legacy to be that Franklin Baker really tried to help Greater Baltimore. To help Greater Baltimore become a place of opportunity for all, right? Regardless of what you look like, what neighborhood you live in, or zip code, your family struggles, um, who inspired you most, but an opportunity for all. And so, you know, particularly those in our black and brown communities who disproportionately struggle, right, to make ends meet. So there is a saying um, which says, by beholding, we become changed. So my example, really, and, and those of other leaders of color in the region, um, it really does, I believe, give a visible pathway, sort of a blueprint, if you will, right, for aspiring leaders. Um, if people are able to look to people like me and they see the trail that I'm blazing, right, relative to how do we support community, how do we support people helping community, um, how do we raise monies from caring people in the community, mobilize their interests, so that we can support more people and scale that impact. They see that, right? They see articles, write-ups, videos uh, of me and the work we're doing here at United Way. I think it will help to inspire people who are coming in my train, um, just as others before me helped me, right? Knowing what I know of you personally, and this touches upon this previous question about the visibility and role modeling of leaders, I know you're very passionate and committed to mentoring those that come behind you and blazing that path forward and helping to uh, create sort of a greater access for those that do have an interest in occupying the space that you hold for equipping them with the tools to do that. Can you speak more broadly about um, the importance of mentoring, particularly in your life as both a mentor and a mentee? Yeah, such a such an important um, conversation. And I think for me, I was told years ago, right, that the only way that you can be your best is if you help others to be theirs, right? And for me, that's been an important principle, particularly the last decade or so when I've started to take on this idea of mentorship a little bit more seriously. Um, and so right, right now, I think I'm having the time of my life in many respects because of the involvement in this space of sponsorship and mentoring. Um, I was also told by one of my coaches some years ago that you know, the whole, whole principle of to whom much is given, much is required, right? And the notion that the more you give, you know, uh, the more you receive, right? And so uh, there was this sort of notion of if you have two mentors, right, in your life, you should probably have at least four mentees. So right now, um, I've just been embodying that principle. Um, I currently have three mentors. Right. And I'm soaking up so much information from them um, and life's experiences, sharing what's happening with me in my current role, 
challenges, but I have now seven, soon to be eight, <laughs> starting next week, uh, mentees, right? And so the notion is sometimes you do feel though that you're getting a lot from a mentor, right? Um, but in my experience, and the experience probably of many people, I sometimes actually get more from the mentees uh, than I do my mentors because what they're dealing with uh, is so helpful for me to understand, right? The millennial mindset, uh, someone who may be in their mid thirties, who's trying to struggle between like, how do I manage family dynamics? I wanna go become a manager and I'm struggling with these challenges and giving me some really significant insight on how they're getting through, which was a little bit different than what I dealt with, right? Uh, in my past experiences. Here at United Way, we do so much to help our neighbors and the neighborhoods they call home. And we're involved in so many different areas, like helping people with housing and health, education, and jobs. We do a lot. But what part of our work excites you the most? And where do you think we're doing our best work? United Way is uniquely equipped, uh, I really believe that, to address the myriad needs that, that all work together to improve people's lives. Um, we fixate on transportation, we fixate on childcare, we fixate on digital divide, all these key issues that we work like a laser on, or even helping with vaccine distribution like we're looking at now, uh, trying to figure out our role in that process. How do we use our 211 helpline to be of support to the hundreds of thousands of people every year that call for support? And so all these pieces, as you mentioned, sort of work together. Um, if there's one thing I've learned in my time here at United Way, it's been a little over four and a half years. I can't even believe that, Wayne. Mm -hmm. I know, time flies when you're having <laughs> fun. <laughs> one thing I've learned is that we're always finding new and better, more innovative ways to help people. We're, we're just making inroads and finding methods to address new needs, like, like those that the pandemic you know, has caused, right? So what's on the horizon for us is myriad things, but uh, I just wanted to raise the notion of our bringing attention to our equity and social justice fund that will be certainly used to support things like our Young Men United initiative, which I'll talk about in a second, and also community needs uh, related to equity and social justice, various groups that we might want to partner with or fund to help this work continue in greater Baltimore. But as it relates to the Young Men United Initiative, um, just so excited about it. And we're trying to stand up the infrastructure and the support. So more than 25,000 young men of color across the US, across the country, and up to 1,500 locally in the greater Mar Baltimore market. We're helping them to, to, to graduate from college in four years and then successfully enter the workforce. Equipped, so a lot of the companies that are right now clamoring for a diverse set of candidates to fill key jobs will have a pipeline that they can tap, right? And I honestly feel, I really do believe this, if I had the wraparound supports that will be provided to these young students that goes from the 11th grade through their fourth year in college, sort of a six-year wraparound window, if I personally had this type of wraparound support, there's no telling where I'd be in my career right now. And I know that I've, I've been able to secure some level of success in my life at this point, but there's, there's just no telling if I'd had that kind of support during those critical years of my development, right? Where I'd be right now, right? 
Um, so what a way to close a huge gap in our community uh, to offer a support system like this where young students can get career readiness, college preparation, mentorship, internship. They can get scholarship support that's need-based. They can get civic engagement, you know, connections to leaders. If I'd had that, right? I mean, I don't know where I'd be right now. It's just a true statement. So I'm curious to know, in your role as a leader of an organization that is uh, going down this path, uh, what is how does what is your commitment personally, and why do you feel that it is central for any company to uh, ensure that it's embedded in equity within its organizational practices? There's been many, many white papers, um, many business case analyses um, that verify. Right. Uh, there's been there's lots of justification and ROI for why having equity, diversity, and inclusion as a principal lens through which you look as an employer helps your organization to grow, to prosper, um, to enlarge your ability to create revenue through multiple sources, um, to make a deeper impact um, in your space, whatever your space is. So uh, there's no argument around the value and the value proposition, if you will, right? The business case for why equity, diversity, and inclusion is essential for every company to embrace, um, to begin to adopt um, principles, policies, protocols, um, to, to ensure that's a really, really deep part of their organization. So that argument has been settled. The question is, is what amount of will do leaders have to continue to progress in this space? to continue to look beyond what may have been viewed as traditional in the past, right? Some organizations beat their chests around uh, the diversity numbers, right? But they don't move beyond diversity as a principle. Um, they don't move to the place of how do we ensure equity, true equity, right? Um, so it's almost like getting the first base is having levels of diversity, rounding second is maybe include, including people in decision-making, but rounding third and coming home is how do you ensure that equity, real equity, um, as a part of organization's pathway. And so for me as a leader, I'm very, very committed to ensuring that we unashamedly, boldly, um, fiercely move down this journey. Um, people are at different places, as you know this, Wayne, very well. There are different places in the journey, understanding, um, knowledge, experience uh, uh, sets, but we really need to continue to move down this path because more people will benefit We'll close a lot of gaps that are still in existence today. And we'll feel better having gone through this journey together as, a, as an organization because the learning, the rich learning about what does belonging really mean? You know, what does it mean to really be in a space where your privileges um, are, are, are no longer, right, a part of your mindset? It's all about what can I do to leverage these privileges so I can support others who may have a need or a gap. So, that is really awesome to me uh, as an organization that we're committed not only locally here at United Way of Central Maryland, but broadly as the broader United Way system is committed to ensuring equity, diversity, inclusion. We're not perfect. Um, we admit that very much. This is, this is, we're nascent, if you will, on this journey. I mean, this is a process that will take time, but it is um, it's awesome to be on this journey. And I'm glad to have you uh, to help us to lead this work. And you know, I'm a partner with you and with the, the board with the full staff and our Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion Committee uh, uh, to, to really move this, this work in the years to come. Like Franklin, you too can be a voice for positive change. United Way's Equity and Social Justice Fund is one way to do that. 
visit uwcm.org forward slash equity fund to learn more. Thank you for listening and be sure to catch our next episodes. Too many times the accomplishments of black Americans or people from the diaspora, the African continent, have been minimized or marginalized. So we take an opportunity to focus on those things. What Black History Month means to me is keeping the dream of Martin Luther King alive as we still, to this day, fight for racial equality. Today's episode was developed by the United Way of Central Maryland's marketing team. All production and music was created and edited by Trevor Fentwell. You can find our other podcast at uwcn.org podcast and wherever you listen.